0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording from our 2023 Elul Learning Series, Entering 5784, Sustaining Our Learning in Elul, with TBA rabbinic intern, Nico Losarelli.
1: I titled this On ramp to Elul because we are yeah, we're four days in, about to be five days in, but I wanted to orient us uh, towards this journey we're about to go on again, journey that comes around every single year um, with some ideas that I'm sure many of us know, maybe some of us don't, but just to sort of get our feet wet and get us get us oriented here. So I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of time in traffic, driving, I like think anybody who lives in California does. Um, And it can become so routine, right? Where we're just sort of going with emotions in autopilot, sort of see the signs in our periphery, and we kind of go by feel. Um, And that is also how our day to day can become, right? We can go by feel, we can go with the flow, we can go through the motions. But Elul calls us to pause, to step back, and look at the particulars of our emotions, look at the particulars of this journey, and not to take everything so casually, right? In fact, we are called to study Torah less and to do Cheshbon and nefesh, that is spiritual accounting, more. We're supposed to do introspection, right? We're supposed to see what's going on in the inside, how that relates to the outside. Um, and I always think it's funny around this time of year, somehow there's a bit of a lull. I'm like, you know what? I'm a little bit behind on, on some study. It would be nice to get ahead of the weekly parsha. And then it's right at this moment that it's like, well, actually, you should be studying, studying Torah less and uh, studying and doing Cheshbon and more. So without further ado, I want to move into our source sheet here. Um, so this is <laughs> this is Elul 405 is a stressful sign and so is Elul at times, but don't we are, don't worry, we are going to make our way through this, what can sometimes be a traffic jam. Um, so Elul, it's a six month of the Hebrew calendar, uh, and like I said, it's a time during which we focus less on Torah study and more on taking personal stock and seeking others' forgiveness, and holding both, our, both ourselves and others accountable, which is truly no easy task. Um, the word Elul is interesting in itself. You can see that that uh, "shorish" there, that root of the word, that Aleph Lamed Lamed. So we just pulled a couple of uh, definitions from the Brown, Driver, Briggs Dictionary, which is our Biblical Hebrew Dictionary, and then the Jasher, which is our Talmud uh, Dictionary. Um, and I just want to read a couple of read these uh together, and there's just a good little uh input as to what how do these themes fit with with ELU? what do they speak to you in any way so uh the round driver Briggs says that this Shoreish means to be weak or insufficient, and then the Jashro and the pal, which is our simple verb form says just circle, which I think is interesting, and the p. l is similar to go around to a spy to track. And it also comes from an Akkadian word meaning to harvest, um, uh, all of which are interesting and all of it seem to be uh, thematically related. Um, and I would love to hear uh, a couple voices just chime in to, uh, to share how do these definitions resonate with you, resonate with Elul, um, and what, what relationship do they have to what we're called to do during Elul?
2: well yeah, to, to Bell, circle, the, the paal to circle certainly is what well, we're talking about going are talk about shufa, we're talking about um coming back i mean that's one of the meanings to to re-emphasize or to um to return so yeah. certainly circle would suggest that
1: excellent excellent i love that thank you uh see anybody else here anybody else thank you for using the raising hand feature that's nice Yes. Uh, oh, I, I think know. we uh, remained Lori, Lori Tessel. I think it was. Yeah. There we go. Can you turn on? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you.
3: Uh, okay. Um. Well, the at first, I the weak definition didn't. Um. I didn't. I didn't feel that connection. Although, um, as the, as the, I've studied it feels more like vulnerable like being vulnerable at this time mm. um, that feels like a better word than be, than weak or insufficient um so i actually do feel that during this time and during the high holidays
1: and thank you uh jennifer law i think i see your hand up there
4: hi um hi, hi um i think all of these things whether weak or insufficient circling go around harvest is all aimed towards the fact that you are looking within um and um whether you've identified things that are insufficient or or weak um but otherwise you are um digging um, hopefully, then stirring, and mm. then uh, coming out at the other end with knowledge, with perhaps a change in thinking or change of your behavior. So all of this sort of leads me to this this teshuvah, um, the the time that we are supposed to be looking at ourselves.
1: Mm. I love that you use the word digging um and because it relates to this word harvest which I think is is very much uh what we're we're doing sort of harvesting the good events of the year the bad events of the year the where we did well where we fell short um so I I I absolutely hear that and Tybell, I, th- I think you have your hand up one more time did you want to share something additional
5: well it's not sure it's actually a question okay, which sure. is when you started talking before you rolled down The only thing I'd ever seen over and over was the acronym for L-O-L-I, My Beloved's My Beloved is Mine, Mm -hmm. which is a totally different mood than either the biblical or the rabbinic. Well, maybe not the circle, actually, Mm -hmm. but certainly the weaker and sufficient. I just wondered if you had a drosh on any linkage between the rabbinic, because I always thought that acronym was rabbinic.
1: Right. I mean, so the word... it comes from an Akkadian word and it, it only appears once in Tanakh, I think in Zacharia. I think it's Zacharia. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that the rabbis wanted to sort of link Elul somehow because it is a strange word. It's one of these words that we call a Hapex like a Memnon, which appears once in Tanakh, right? Which is like sometimes hard to do something with and other times is rife uh, or ripe maybe for uh, interpretation. So I think the rabbis look to um, and thought that is a great, you know, that's a great sentiment for the LL season, right? For for reminding us that I'm getting a bit ahead of, ahead of ourselves, but I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, that we, each and every one of us is precious to the next person. Um and uh the draw, the sort of like it's interesting because zooming in on the 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 BDB the Baron Driver Briggs definition to be weak, it's funny. I think sometimes with in our today's day and age, sometimes this 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 dependency can this, this interconnectedness can sometimes feel like a, a weakness or an insufficiency. Or we're often told to be um, strong and independent, which is important. But also at the end of the day, we really are all connected, right? We we exist in relationship, and we do need each other. And and I think that's what the rabbis were trying to get at, right, in some way, as among many things, that that each and every one of us is precious to the other. And we actually need each other, whether we like it or not, whether we get along or not. Um, so, yeah, uh, I would love to hear. Does anybody else have any thoughts on that connection? I think that's that's a really cool question.
0: I just want to speak to the weak part. Um yeah. Some of you were at Shul this past week and I I gave a sermon on Elul in general and talked about how Elul really is the time for figuring out our surfaces um, rather than figuring out what it is that we're taking out of our cabinets. And what I mean by that is that if we're supposed to be doing all of this work that you mentioned already, Nico, that we're supposed to really t- kind of take an account of our actions and the way that we wish to be in the world, et cetera, et cetera, that Elul is really the time to be able to just, when you think about organizing a kitchen, right, you just take everything out of the cabinets just to see what you have before you actually mm-hmm. can put it back in. So not even really focusing on what the schmutz is, um, but recognizing that you need to know where to put it before you can acknowledge it and do something with it. And mm-hmm. I wonder if we think of week as, negative but i wonder if actually that's speaking exactly to this point which is you have to kind of bring yourself back down to a basic level Mm -hmm. to be able to see everything in front of you in a real way without sugarcoating anything or um or thinking of things kind of in categories but really just being able to lay everything out and say okay this is what i'm dealing with it's gonna be Mm -hmm. hard it's gonna take strength but i'm that's what LO is for is, just to put it all out in front of me.
1: I like that. I really, I really appreciate this sort of aspect of like, let's get real, real with ourselves. What do we have? Let's actually take a look at it because it's really easy to lose perspective of that. Um, Mike, I have, I see you have your hand up. Oh, just one more thing, and then I'm going to move on to the next part of the sheet. But I'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, Nico, I, I thought, uh,
6: yeah, well, and Rabbi Shatz on. On Shabbat, also said that uh, she she mentioned specifically that you know we all sort of have have our strengths and and we don't need to like discard things. We might just like you said take all the spices out of the, and rearrange them. And and for what you said, Nico, about we're all we all need each other. I think it's important to. In the process of doing this and examining the surface, or whatever you, however you want to call it, that we that we examine the those different relationships and and uh, and and put them in perspective and use the time wisely to to focus on how we've measured up, how we've measured up to where we want to be, where we think we might. Want to move toward and uh, in the coming year, and not like both of you have said, not necessarily discard, but rearrange and also rethink and become bet- better versions of ourselves.
1: That's beautiful, and that that is a perfect segue into the next section here. Our next sign on the road: Tshuva and and Nefesh, Two of the sort of major elements of this time of year, Elul, so Cheshbon and which I translated here as spiritual accounting, Teshuvah, repentance, turning, it literally comes from the verb Lashuv, the Shin Vav Beit or Vet, meaning to turn. Um, and it's funny, I think of the Cheshbon, just coming, having spent a year in Israel, I think about being in so many restaurants and just asking for the Cheshbon, asking, asking, asking for the bill, and you get this whole you know the whole list of everything that you ordered, and sometimes it's like, oh, did we really order that? Who ordered that? Where did that come from? Was that mine? Oh, won't you put something on my bill? That's not that's not mine, but there it is. Um, and it's a great way of again like laying everything out, sort of like Rabbi Shatz was saying, right? You see it, you see a list of it, you can't really escape it, right? You can't really just can't really fool yourself into thinking it's not there. Um, and uh, I also I'm big on I'm big on Sh- Shoshim, I'm big on um, etymology. Uh, I'm always teased that uh that I'm oftentimes like the uh the father in my big fat Greek wedding when I'm like, give me a word, any word and I show you it's come from Greek, except I'll say it's come from Hebrew, because I'm gonna say that we have the the shoresh and cheshbon. right? We see the the first three letters there, the cheshin bet or vet, which also means to think, right? We have to think about what we are doing and what we've done. Um, I would love to hear uh what. What what sort of directions have you found yourselves pulled in when it comes to Heshbon and Nefesh, and what kind of roadblocks have you found along the way? If anybody's willing to share, well, I know I can speak for myself when I say that it's easy to sort of point the finger right, at other people to so to sort of rationalize when I know I've done something that I could have done better. Um I know that oftentimes uh I get stuck in just trying to figure out exactly what happened and maybe like I said the blame game is it my fault is that their fault is somebody at fault is it the world's fault um yes Robert so you have your hand up I think you need to unmute yourself oh, Robert we can't
2: yeah I um, sorry about that okay um I think it's it's exactly what you said that one of the challenges when you get a bill in a nefesh is to look at what you've done. Yeah. And to say, and we say, did I order that? Did I really do that? You know, did I really act that way with someone? Did I really um you know, did, did I really do these things? Did I really think these things? And sometimes it's very easy to ignore the bill. Uh, as my wife will tell you, that you know, I'll just Sign the, sign the check, add a tip and sign the check. But when you really look at it, you realize, you know, maybe I, you know, did I need this? Did I do that? And so it's a moment of self-reflection. and understanding. A moment of, uh, you know, so it's a, it can be a difficult
1: moment. Absolutely. Thank you. Lori?
3: Uh, I think for me, this, especially this time, this year, I, the reflection is what am i stopping myself from doing and mm. what am i i mean even though there are plenty of, of things that i i, I could imagine what it what it will be i can i kind i've stepped back from many things and 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 i and i had to but i think that's also caused some um maybe overprotectiveness mm. or mm-hmm. some loneliness and um and not feeling part of but i and i think those are just things i i have put up barriers for myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's that's very real that sort of roadblocks that we put in the way way of ourselves to protect ourselves, right? Um whether consciously or unconsciously and again it's uh it's difficult and me- and kind of messy work sometimes to like Uncover those roadblocks and realize, wow! I didn't even know I I had put that there. Somebody had put that there. Where did that Where did that even come from? Thank you, Laura. Yes, Mike.
6: I think that uh, the more, the older I get, the more I try to train myself to appreciate the uh, the 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 value of each of, of those people around me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've not. Ne- Sometimes, I mean, I think it's sort of natural to think that your own uh, that your own way of looking at things is uh, the way things, I mean, you're used to that way because that's sort of how that you you look at it. But if you can begin to think of the way other people see things because of their own past experiences, are the fact that there are different ways of looking at things and and not necessarily one right way and one wrong way. And certainly in the way the world is in this day and age, uh, especially the last few, few years, but probably longer, uh, it's important to examine that and try to be, because in doing so, you can perhaps... Be a uh, a more inclusive person, and a uh, and a person who's better able to reach out and understand others, and that can make the other
1: other person understand you better. Exactly. Thank you so much, Mike. I, um, and again, you're, you're you're great at giving me the transitions I need. So let's move into the next. Uh, <laughs> move into the next section of the of the sheet here. Uh, yes, Lori, uh, Lori Harrison. Yeah.
5: Hi. Hi. Thank you. I, you
4: know, I think the trouble that I run into every year with a little is I start out with, um, a big resolution that, you know, I'm going to keep a journal. I'm going to read the 27th palm Psalm every day. Um, and I've never made it through the full month. Hmm. And so one of the frustrations that I have is like, there's no, or maybe I don't know, like what's the format? What am I what am I supposed to be looking at? You know, I can think of times where maybe I was impatient with people around me where I lost my temper, but the I don't know how to go deep without some sort
1: of tool. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, I want to just cue in on one thing you said. You say you, you 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 said a resolution, but you don't make it all the way. I was thinking yesterday how this uh, period of time reminds me a lot of of the Omer, right? Where there are a lot of debates about you know if you if you miss one day, does that mean you can't say you can't count the Omer with the bracha or can you? There are some uh who say oh each day is its own mitzvah, and then there are others who say each week is its own mitzvah, and then others who say the whole thing is its own mitzvah. So. If you miss one day, too bad. I'm sorry. Um, and there's something about and uh, that, you know, we're called to do it, but in many ways, it's it's we're called to do it. Right. It's it's it almost it almost feels more voluntary. Right. I'm not saying that it is voluntary, but it almost feels more voluntary. Um and I feel like we've had some sort of, we get some sort of training training from the Omer where there's an obligation. And then we get into ELU and it's like, I guess I can choose to do this or choose not to do this. And I always uh, think that the most important part is that you just stay engaged, right? Like if you miss two days, if you miss three days, if you miss a week, if heck, if you miss 29 days and you jump in um, on the 30th day, you're engaged. And that is that is that is something and that's huge. Right. Um, I often think that uh, that sort of those days offer part of the larger journey, you know. Um, so, and as far as the tools, I've got some tools at the end of the sheet, which um, will we will get to. So I hope that those are useful. But I wanted to, as we go into this uh, quote, um, oh, you can't really see it, can you? Yeah, because of the blur. Uh, if anybody doesn't have this book or hasn't heard of it, I'm sure many of you have. It's called "This Is Real and You're Completely Unprepared" by Rabbi Alan Liu uh it's, it's a great guide to the high holiday um season um I almost said system which it is kind of a system um and it's a great companion uh so Lori, if you ha- if you have that book or if you don't uh, if you don't have that book I would I would recommend that for sure um and uh uh and just you know just get started get started at the beginning get started you know at the a little chapter just just whatever um and you'll be you'll be exactly on the track you're supposed to be on I think um, with that, I would love if uh, I could have a volunteer to read this this next quote here, which starts with the bold and it ends with uh, my own experience there. if Anybody would, um, any brave soul would like to read that for us. Yeah, yes, Eli.
7: What is my responsibility for it? How am I complicit in it? How can I prevent it again? When things go bad, there's an enormous temptation to blame it on externals. However, we are called to resist this temptation no matter how strongly rooted in fact or reason or history it may seem. spiritual Spirituality, we are called to responsibility, to ask, what am I doing to make this recur again and again? Even if it is a conflict that was clearly thrust upon me from the outside, how am I plugging it? How am I plugging into it? What is there in me that needs to be engaged in this conflict? Why can't I just let it slough off me like water off a duck's back as i'm able to do with so many other things what can i do here and now in the present tense of my own experience
1: thank you thank you so much that's so again that's a see that's a quote here from uh from this book rabbi ellen Lou's book and this really touches on a lot of what mike was saying right um uh, Rabbi Allen here is saying it's so easy to point the finger, but you really gotta. We have to start with ourselves because I think that that's where we actually have some ground to stand on. That's where we actually have some agency. And you know, Mike was saying, if I can paraphrase or sort of retool, that we need to, you know, see how how I was a part of this. How maybe I may not have seen the perspective of, an, of another person, or maybe how they may not have seen mine. And what and what do we what do we do right? Uh, before we can even know what to do, we have to know what happened. We have to know um the different perspectives at play uh, and i think it's sort of a call to slow things down a bit and to take it take it piece by piece you know i think these questions are just a great benchmark if 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 nothing if nothing else like i think that um taking these three questions into everyday of what is my res- actually let's say four the first three bolded one once what is my responsibility for it how am i complicit in it how can i prevent it again and then the final question in that quote which I think is is truly where where um we can begin to make shuva, are the four selves for other people. What can I do here and now in the present tense of my own experience, right? Because that's where we do have the ability to do something. Um, uh, and again, this is this is tough because it's so easy to say. Like I don't know. I keep I keep thinking about about driving. You know, the whole theme of this class is on ramp. I sort of made all these cute little um uh, you know, highway signs and whatever, but it's so easy when you're driving in your car, where you don't really see another person. You just see another car. You see something that's in your way. Right. Um, they say, Oh, this jerk cut me off or this person did that, whatever, what are they thinking? You can't drive. But then you you take a step back and like, Oh, that's a, that's a person in that car. Right. That's the other one step removed. I'm protected in my little sort of bubble here in my car, but I gotta remember there's somebody there, you know? So like, maybe I cut them off and didn't realize, and maybe I have a tail light out and they can't see that I'm breaking or something. Um, um, so I think, I think that this is, these questions trying to shake us out of that. Um, I would sort of say that sort of sleepiness, that sort of going for the motions again, as we said at the beginning of the class here. Um, so, just for the sake of time, I want to keep moving forward here. Unless anybody does, maybe one person, two people, have any thoughts about this uh, this section here? Let me go back up to the quote. Anybody? Okay, cool. We're gonna move forward. Um, so we have this uh this pasuk from VaYikra, which has the very famous VaHafta DeReyachah Chamocha, right? Um, and it says, you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against members of your people, right? I mean, I think that's huge. We're, we're, we're literally called not to, to bear a grudge. It's it's our right to obligation not to, to bear a grudge against somebody. We we can't really be pointing the finger. We really have to, to start with ourselves. So this call here, I don't know if you can see my cursor, but this call is very much rooted in Torah, which is no surprise coming from this book and coming from Rabbi Lou. Um... But it's of it's of uh, really the highest importance, and we move on to um, remind me. Remind somebody at the beginning of the class had mentioned uh, the um, acrostic here of Anil Dodili. Um I am my beloved, and my beloved is my, my beloved is mine. Um, the pasuk goes on to say he browses among the lilies. So this is from Shir Shirim. And uh, you can see there, you have the, the uh, Aleph, Lamed, Bab, Lamed, to spell out, Elul. And I want I want us to notice how there are two, there's there's a word that both of these Pesukim share, right? We see the Reacha, and we see haro'e, And one is translated as here, as your fellow, and this other one is clearly someone who, who, Shoshirim is, you know, in love with on some sort of romantic level, right? That's the level of connection with the valence that this, uh, the white valence that this uh, word can, can carry. All right, so not only are we not supposed to be holding a grudge, we're supposed to really love the other person, right? We're supposed to really like find that love, which is so hard, especially when you're absolutely sure that someone has really done you wrong. Um, and I want to sort of invite you all as we sort of like go throughout our day-to-days when we sort of see these signs out in the world which we're just so used to kind of ignoring or taking in passively to sort of remember at least these two pisukeim, right like to remember to not bear a grudge and that you are the the person that you may be angry at is beloved to you and you're beloved to them or at least that's what we should strive for within reason of course but that's what we should strive for so i hope that whenever you see a sign while you're driving maybe that pops into your head or maybe when somebody cuts you off maybe that pops into your head um does anybody have any thoughts on these two uh these two concepts I would love to hear uh, if anybody has seen something or has a reflection that maybe I haven't said I've been talking quite a bit <laughs> yes Lori.
3: well i i'm i'm just thinking that both of these have um physical emotions physical reactions attached to both of them mm-hmm. um so um, I mean, if somebody is sometimes somebody's actions, I feel um, frustrated by. I feel that physically before I am trying to process why is that person frustrating me, yeah.
5: and
3: and then then same for like if you feel joy from somebody, some you sometimes you you feel the joy of being with somebody before you're even processing why you know what what was that moment that that you enjoyed so much right when you're mm-hmm. reminiscing about it later and mm. because i think if if you took emotion out of it then you could process things more immediately mm. um and especially anger right you could process a situation not be frustrated with the cashier or the whomever it is, your partner, whatever, you know, and but you but you can't because we're human. And right. so those those feelings come up first. And then you have to figure it out. And so if you can be slow to react, which is not always easy, then you then maybe we can figure out some of what's happening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, uh, Sandra and or Bob. I'll, it'll be Bob this time. Okay, so, how about? This time. This time. <laughs> this
5: time. As <laughs> opposed to
0: previous times.
2: <laughs> uh, it was Sandra, just in my voice. So I'm wondering with both the Shi'at charim and the, from crowd, whether what we're talk, talking about is something that's actually internally facing. You love your fellow, you know, <speaking> as yourself. Mm-hmm. Although it's one, well, I, my beloved, is my beloved, is mine. Mm. So maybe what these, what we can take away from it in this season is that is not the relationship to the other, but the need to combine shuva with the love of ourselves.
1: That is really beautiful. That oh, my God. Is really beautiful. This is why I married this guy. <laughs> oh, you got a good one. You got a good one. Um, That is really beautiful. I think it's, you know, I, I, I saw some... um. I'm gonna say an article I read, but it wasn't. It was a TikTok. It was a TikTok of Renee Brown, um, and she was. Oh God, what was she saying? She was saying that um, whenever we're striving for perfect, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna paraphrase best I can. Whenever we are striving for perfectionism, shame is sort of riding passenger, right? I think it's so easy, right, to sort of like feel that shame, say like, you know what, I I messed this up so badly. Or, God, it was so simple. How, did, how, how could I not have seen that he was feeling that way or she was feeling that way or, you know, I thought it was doing the right thing. Oh, God, I wish I could change it. What am I supposed to say? That's shame, right? That is, that is a desire to be able to make sure that everything goes exactly the way you want it. And that's unfortunately or maybe fortunately not how life goes, I think, as many of us know. Um, and uh, I think that um, finding that love for ourselves in this process is also really big. Because I think that we can run the danger of just blaming, blaming, blaming ourselves when it's when we're sort of like sitting in that place of trying to find our our role in things, which we should have a healthy sense of what is our responsibility, but also keep in check um, those moments when it becomes sort of a spiral or sort of something unhealthy and when we're not treating ourselves in a loving way. I think that's really beautiful. And I want to move on to um, this Next quote, which really ties together both what Lori and Bob were saying, um, that actually uh Rabbi, ta- Rabbi Alan Liu Rabbi Alan excuse me talks about in relation to Parsha Shoftim, which we just uh, came out of last week. Um, that it so parshat team has all of these verses about wartime, right? About getting ready for war. Um, and we have um these rules that say, you know, if if, for example, if a if a soldier or someone who's about to be a soldier, has a house that's undedicated let him go home lest someone else in his place if he has a field that is unsewn let him go home and there's even a, a uh super says like if you have fear in your heart you should go home lest it spread to the other people around you you know like Lori, you were saying that like oftentimes it starts with a feeling a physical feeling um and that is very very real it's so hard to separate those two things and the the, the logical and the emotional um, and sometimes really you have to, to, to put them side by side, but at the end of the day, they are inseparable. There is a connection. And, and I think with, for good reason, because I think we need to keep the heart in these moments, right? It's not just pure, um, strategy or, or logic, right? And Sarabha Alanul here says, uh, we can't help feeling each other's pain. We all share the same part. If someone else is suffering, there's no way we can shut it out. It spreads heart to heart and soul to soul. A movement that is absolutely irresistible like the waters of a flood which is just so um i don't know apt for sort of what we went through this this last this last week uh last couple of days uh you know there's a lot of uncertainty when we start with this process right there's a lot of uncertainty if it's gonna go out well, it's gonna go not. did i get it right did i get it not sort of like i don't know is the is, is it going to be a hurricane? Is it going to be a tropical storm? Should I buy five cases of water? Should I have a radio? What flashlights or is it nothing, you know, sometimes the storm is coming and you don't really know which way it's going to go. And whether we like it or not, we're, we're kind of in it, you know, it's sort of just, a, I don't know, not, maybe not the best metaphor, but um, sometimes things I think in life just come and we have to be as best prepared as we possibly can and know that, the sort of fear can spread. I think we saw a lot of that with the sensationalism ar- around this storm of just like not knowing what was going on and then sort of the fear catching on to one person the next. Yes, Laurie, go ahead. Oh, no, you don't have your hand up? Okay, sorry. Um, but yeah, I would love to, uh, any, th- any thoughts on this? I'm sort of going to start moving us forward a little bit faster so we can get to some of the Rambam. But if anybody has any thoughts about this section, I would love to, love to hear it. All right, now we're just going to move on forward here. Um let's see. Jennifer, would you would you mind reading this quote for us here from uh Bob Allen's book?
4: No problem. Is it the one the essential act?
1: Exactly. Thank you.
4: Yeah, yeah no problem. The essential act of the high holiday season is teshuva, a turning towards mindfulness. An important step in this process is a kind of turning in to examine our our perceptive mechanisms, the way we see the world. It is a shifting of our gaze from the world itself to the window through which we see it, because that window, the screen of our consciousness, is not just a blank, transparent medium. Rather, it is a world unto itself, a world teeming with life that affects what we see.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, how does this land with us? Like, what is this? How does this perspective look?
4: Um, it, it seems deeper than where I go. So oh, now, yeah? now I have to order the book
1: um and look he's you know no one's paying me it's just a good book on its own so you know i don't get anything from the book sales
4: I, I pulled it. it up in my barnes and noble cart so
1: great great um
4: no i in in truth though i, I do think at least the first part um mm-hmm. in terms of uh one it being a pro- process process to examining ourselves and the way we see ourselves and the way we see the world um the the next part I'm I'm not sure I am am there. Um, mm-hmm. but I certainly um feel I can um, acknowledge the the say the first two sentences, the where he's going with it.
1: Right. And I think this is sort of goes back to um what Rabbi Schatz, who's gone on to enjoy the rest of her day off, which we're all very happy for her to get that rest. Um uh to this sort of goes back to laying everything out and seeing what's what's there and and how are these things also um coloring the way that we've experienced what we've experienced and see what we see yes Eli
7: so I think that's the the interesting piece the filter through which we see the world Mm -hmm. because I think that it's Oftentimes we reflect and we're introspective and we can we can like think about, oh, this was my experience and this is kind of this was what I felt right versus wrong, whatever. But I think questioning the that filter, questioning what is right, what is wrong, what how do things impact me? What are the other perspectives that could have come into play to kind of assess how things played out um, is really interesting. I think something that I don't personally do as often and so. Um that, that line, it is a world unto itself, a world teeming with life that affects what we see, really mm-hmm. stands out to me a lot.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, can I can I just follow up what Elliot said because yeah. now I have a, a new thought about this. And I'm wondering if it's not sort of the, the filter through which we see it, but yeah. actually trying to identify what is our filter, what how are we filtering what we what we see because I think, I think i think the filter that we use goes to an issue of you know what we are doing in terms of either looking into ourselves or looking out what what is the filter doing is it changing what we see from what is really there
1: i think that's good that's a great point i mean i i, I you know a second ago i was talking about tiktok you know tick i don't know if anybody else here uses tiktok i know i know eli does um, and I know Malka does, but uh, if you're not familiar with how TikTok works, it really, it really sort of uh, curates uh, an algorithm for you based on on what you spend your time seeing. And it's very eerie how well it can get to know you. And it actually ends up, you end up learning some things about yourself that maybe you didn't want to learn. Um, but it also becomes a window, it becomes a window into our consumption of, of media because it's a big media um, tool you know, I think that's like another sort of macro question asked, like how am I getting my information? Not you know, on a on a on a macro level, but also interpersonally, like where 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 are these perspectives coming from? Is is this mine? Is this what this person actually said and and so forth? Yes, yes, Lori.
3: Yeah, I, I was just thinking that going back to the circle definition. Yeah. Um, that you know, last year my percep you know, my last year my perspective was X and this year, my perspective is Y. And what changed in the year to get me to look at that, you know, look at the world this way, you know, whether whatever the whatever those feelings are. But year after year, you come to this new place, you know, back to the door, uh, you know, and thinking like when I walk through you know what am I wearing that is gonna well that it's that's gonna make me that's gonna color my vision what mm. is what is it right and those experiences over the year mm. or however long you're processing something you know sometimes you know joy trauma whatever it is you know can hold on to you for a long time and that you know that looking at it from year to year and thinking like, oh, 10 years ago, I was, you know, within such a different place. But now I'm in this place.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a great tool of sort of going back to what Bob said about finding love for yourself, right? I think it's an whole shame factor too. It's like, oh, I wish I had known a, but there's no way we could have known, right? Where we we walk the, through the world, we make mistakes, we, we sometimes we cause damage, other people cause damage to us. And you know, I, I I tend to believe that everyone, not a, you know, let's say 99% of the people in the world think that they're sort of the hero in their own story. They're trying to do the right thing. Um, but inevitably, we make mistakes, you know, and I think the, you know, sort of think back on um, talking about things that, for example, like that happened in high school for me, you know, I think about, you know, conflicts I had with other students, other 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 kids bullying me and sort of being back in a place of being a kid. And sort of seeing that person as like as an equal and then having to step back and, and remind myself like I'm an adult now. That was just a kid. I was just a kid. Right. They probably didn't know any better. I didn't know necessarily any better. And we were just making mistakes and sort of messing things up. And, you know, it helps me, I don't know, find compassion for myself and for past versions of myself and hopefully future versions of myself. And um, I think it's a useful tool to sort of step back and say, like who was I then? Who am I now? You know? How can I find how can I find the love? Um, I want to move forward here uh to some uh, some of the Rambam and our we're probably we just sort of gonna fly through some of the Rambam here because we've got about 10 minutes left. Um so we have these two categories uh from the from the uh Mishnah Torah here, this corpus of of Halakha. Um ben Adam so sins between God and an individual. Um Sort of trans- translating the inverse, it should really be uh, sins between individual and God. Um and Ben uh, Adam sins between the individual and their fellow. So let's see, which one do I want to focus on here? Um can I get a volunteer to read uh the from he should he should tell them here? Yeah, I'll read it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. And I'll scroll as we go along, if that helps. Um,
6: He should tell... Wait a minute. You want want me to read the second paragraph?
1: Yeah, that he should tell them, though I sinned... Yeah, yeah.
6: He should tell them, though I sinned again against so-and-so, committing the following misdeeds, behold, I repent and express my regret. Anyone who out of pride conceals his sins and does not reveal them, will not achieve complete repentance. As Proverb states, he who conceals his sins will not succeed.
1: Right. That's an interesting Where, question, yeah. go, Um Go ahead, sorry.
6: When does the above apply? In regard to sins between man and man. However, in regard to sins between man and God, it is not necessary to publicize one's transgressions. Indeed, revealing them is arrogant. Rather, a person should repent before God. Blessed be He, and specifically mention his sins before Him in public. He should make a general confession. It is, it is to his benefit not to reveal his sins, as Psalms. 321. Is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin
1: is covered? Thank you. Thank you. Does this uh resonate with anybody or rub anybody the wrong way? I know for me, part of uh uh yes, Sandra and or Bob. I feel like we're all who's it gonna be.
2: <laughs> so um this hits me very strongly. I recently read Repentance and Repair. Mm-hmm. Um wonderful book and it talks about the nature of repentance and um it actually goes back to what we talked about before the heshbon Mm -hmm. that you that it's that rambam says it's essential to identify your sins and identify your sins to to those against whom you have sinned um and she has a wonderful explanation of how you actually create repentance and um and I just commend the book to you but I think the idea that you would I think the whole concept of being explicit in your sins to one another and saying them publicly is actually an essential part of repentance because it's not so much shame it's a it's a matter of a reflection a matter of admission uh that you have said um, I thought it was particularly interesting about about the sins against God because they he because Ramam talks about them in the in the word of arrogance the concept mm-hmm. of the arrogance that I'm able to sin against God and that by say and that this is, and I sinned against God and I did not actually I I did not I was not punished for it so um I think the it I think that we're in a world now, a post enlightenment world, where our sins against men are even more important, our sins against each other more important to recognize and repent and repent fully than our sins against God. I mean, who really cares if I accidentally ate trafe one time? I know, right? (laughs)
3: Like, oh, please forgive me.
2: It's not like that, you know. Who cares? But the but what really has impacted society, not just relationships to each other but are the entire seam and and cloth of society is our ability to recognize our sins to each other
1: absolutely and i think uh you really have to sort of name it to tame it right to get specific um and be able to articulate exactly what happened right and to not necessarily keep it inside and also i think it's important to say like that doesn't necessarily mean Sometimes, sometimes there are things that have gone, gone awry or whatever that we're not ready to talk about. That the other person may not want an apology. But I think ultimately the goal should be let's let's get there. Let's get there together. And um, the arrogance piece is so interesting to me uh, because I sort of took it as uh, look at this person's like oh yeah, I thought it was going to be I thought I was going to hear somebody say oh this is almost a fromer than thou kind of vibe it's like oh i didn't do this but i do all of these other things you know um but i love that you said uh that someone's being so so presumptuous as to think they could sin against god and get away with it like everything was fine that's such a i want to i want to really chew on that a bit more in the uh the coming days here Mm -hmm. um so we're gonna move move forward here so why 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 what are some other reasons we think we're like really called to make this sort of face-to-face shuva like why why are we required to do this? Yes, Tybel, and I'm apologize I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name.
5: It's the Yiddish. It's Tybel.
1: Tybel, thank you, Tybel.
5: Anyway, um, because it's really harder to do do look in someone's eyes. Mm. I mean that in a way, the the level of Sometimes understanding when you look at someone's eyes how hurtful it was for the other person, or the barrier to doing that becomes part of the tshuva. In that, Jewishly, our sense of tshuva is not unlike other religions; is not just the apology. It's the setting the different paths so the same thing doesn't happen again.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. To make sure it doesn't happen again, I think that's that's key. Um, I want to move to this next piece here. Um, I would love to get one more volunteer. If I can volunteer, Malka, are you there? Are you able to unmute? If not, that's all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah. Um, Malka, would you be willing to read the Mishnah Torah 210 right there on the screen? Yeah. Great.
8: It is forbidden for a person to be cruel and refuse to be appeased. Rather, he should be easily pacified but hard to anger. When the person who wronged him asks for forgiveness, he should forgive him with a complete heart and a willing spirit. Even if he he aggravated and wronged him severely, he should not seek revenge or bear a grudge. This is the path of the seed of Israel and their upright spirit.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Now, does anybody agree with this or disagree with this? Just quickly, somebody can chime in. I think it depends. Yeah.
8: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I think if somebody's apology is sincere, that yeah, it's definitely not right to I think maybe you can say, like, okay, I need a minute to process this. Mm-hmm. But, or, you know, like, thank you for your apology, and I, I hope I'm going to get there where I can, like, accept it one day. But I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I'm Maybe this is just, like, my own thing, because I feel like I'm usually the person who people never apologize to, even when they should. Mm. So I'm like, well, I don't believe that that this person is – in a hypothetical situation in my mind, I'm like, I don't believe that this person is sincere or even apologizing. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my own cynicism.
1: Right. Right. That's another big element is like, you know, if it's genuine or not. And also, are we ready? Is this person ready? Is this a performative apology? Is this a is this a, you know, a heartfelt apology? Can I give them that forgiveness? Which I think is oftentimes a big, big question. Um, so we're we're we've got about a minute left. I wanna I wanted to jump ahead here. Um and uh, just sort of like remind ourselves that we so we've gone through some some pretty big topics here, right? Like it's 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 no small feat to really hold hold ourselves accountable and hold other people accountable. So report, it's important to remember to to take breaks, right? Um, and uh, Laurie Harrison, if that means you miss a day, that day is your break, right? If that means that. You you know you miss two days that's your break that's that's a really important part of this process because it's very easy to sort of get lost into it just and sort of go into maybe a shame spiral like Bob was talking about or or um or something like that. Now there we have a couple everyday opportunities right if if davening if prayer is something that works for you um we have our two our two brachot and the uh the weekly amida that we we sort of like ask God for um to help us make shuva, right? Ask God to help us make shuva. And then we also ask for forgiveness of God, right? Um, And I think that both of these moments, as as quick as they may be um, in our davening experience, could just be like touchstones, right? Um, If journaling isn't your thing, this could be your thing. Touchstones while you're davening, just to think about these topics, think about these road signs, you know, my beloved is, uh, I am my beloved, my beloved is mine you know, do not hold a grudge, love your neighbor as yourself. And if domining isn't, you know, something that works for you, there are a lot of opportunities to journal, right? There's this great thing here called eligible writers that you can sign up for and they send you uh, prompts every, I think, it's every day um, at a certain point to to respond to, which is a great sort of crafted way of journaling. Which takes the pressure off of you to sort of come up with everything, which can be hard. And then there's 10Q, which is pretty cool. Um, where you will essentially answer a question, answer a number of questions a day, and then it gets sort of get sealed and gets circled back to you, right? This idea of circling back um to you the next year. So you can sort of see where you were. Um, sort of as like Lori Tess- Tessel or Tessel Tessel was saying, like, who where was I 10 years ago? Where was I a year ago? Like this is such a cool tool to sort of see where you were a year ago. Um actually
3: I I do 10 q Oh, great. And it sends you, I I read my answers. I've done it for now 10 years. That's great. And I and it and I do reflect on the past years when when the vault opened.
1: That is beautiful. I love that. There we go. Go to if you have any questions about how uh, how 10Q can be meaningful for you, go to Lori. She's got 10 years of experience. She's uh she's your person. Um and I'm not these things work for you. I want us to sort of think about the touchstone questions that we had today. Um, and if I could get uh, a volunteer to sort of read these off for us, um, you know, a little bit slowly so we can take them in and then strive to take them into this L.O. season. Anybody's willing. Eli, are you willing or Mike? Go ahead, Mike.
6: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I'm muted. What is my, uh, what is my responsibility for it? How am I complicit in it? How can I prevent it again? Spiritually, we were called to responsibility to ask, what am I doing to make this recur again and again? Even if it is a conflict, it was clearly thrust upon me from the outside. How am I plugging into it? What is there in me that needs to be engaged in this conflict? Why can't I just let it slough off me like water off a duck's back? As I am able to do with so many other things. What can I do here and now in the present tense of my own
1: experience? Thank you, Mike. And I think that last question again is sort of the one that's gonna be the key to everything else. What can I do here and now in the present tense of my own experience? Um, and I just wanna, first of all, thank you all for being here. It's I know it's I know it's late. We just had a harrowing uh, time here. Uh, yes, Tybal, go ahead.
5: Um I just wanted to ask you every few years I do reread the Alan Lou, but the other thing I like that it may be because I'm way older than you are, and I had studied with him, but have you ever read the two books Rabbi Reuben Hammer wrote
1: about i have, to... i haven't i haven't I would love to uh if you want to drop those in the chat that would be great
5: I'll put the name i have to i'll see if I can grab them. I know we're almost
1: done, but okay if that we can connect after after and um you can let us know.
5: But I
1: don't have an email for you. Um, it will be here. I'll go ahead and put my email in the oh, in the chat here, if I can find it. Here we go. Hold on a second. I don't have a TBA email yet. I don't know if I'm going to get one, but that is my AJU email, if anybody would like it. Um, so I just want to be respectful of everyone's time. Um so thank you again for, for coming out, and I just want to bless us all um, with a reflective, um, meaningful, um renefishing Elul. Because again, this is hard work. It's not the work for the faint of heart, but it's what we're called to do. And if we can even ask ourselves even one of these questions each day, or maybe one question every single day, we're, we're on the right, right track to Teshuvah and to uh, and Nefesh. So um, thank you all so much, and um, and I would like uh, to yes, I would okay. I
6: would like to say Nico that I think that we should uh, uh, charge you with calling Caltrans and uh, cha- and get some extra signs put up on. Uh, for- <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, I was going to tell him I was going to say thank you for taking us down this road. Is oh,
1: what is. I love it! I love it! I love thank it! Thanks for leaning into the kit. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, I will Bye. see you all around Temple Betham and everywhere else. Have a lovely night and have a meaningful Elul. Thank you so much.
0: You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Betham, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Betham Los Angeles, Go to tbala.org.